gotta get theme song. It's you know that one? Uh, I don't, but I'll use it. It's the NBA on NBC. Ah, you gotta have a bit more of that trumpet in it. There you go. Oh, well, I did hear some feedback from our first episode where they liked the music because it felt very lo-fi. Yeah, that's that's typically that's the the Davy uh, production style. I'm glad you all are here tuning in. This is the second episode of Design Dads. I'm Davy. Uh, you are Juan. How are you? How are you doing, Juan? I'm Juan. Thank you, Davy. <laughs> And uh, this is this this will be a fun one. Uh, one of the topics that we wanted to, to touch on uh, as we were coming up with the podcast was just the idea of screen time. Whether that's a screen time, we'll touch on screen time for uh, our, our kids, but then also like we might veer off a little bit to talk a little bit about like our usage of screen time around around our children. And uh, we could start off with just like screen time uh, for our kids. Uh, so our kids are ages like three, three to four right now. I, I believe that that's, that's right. I, I feel like it's a very crucial moment for screen time because there's uh, all sorts of kids that I see that um, interact with the, with my son that are very into like playing games, like on the phone or on the tablet watching. And, and this is, this scares the bejeebus out of me when I say this, watching content <laughs> on their phones, it, it sounds it sounds a little ridiculous, right? Uh, but then also, um, I see kids utilizing phones, like you know, in and out uh, of the home. And I, I originally, it's it's very easy to have this point of view, like when we're like sans kids, like oh, you know, I don't want to be the type of parent that just puts a kid uh, with with the device. Uh, but I think that's really easier said than done. I, I think uh, at times we try to provide. Uh, educational experiences for for our kids, but then there's also times where kids like to uh, be visually stimulated by content, whether that's like Disney Plus, uh, NFL Sunday Ticket, <laughs> or or something else. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you know, I think back to when I was a kid, where my dad or my mom would always be saying, uh, "Stop playing so much Nintendo," or "You're you're you've been staring at that TV for." whatever, an hour or two hours. And now I find myself being that that dad that wants to ensure that my kid is just not staring at a screen all the time because, you know, is it hurting their eyes? Are they are things happening in their brain that might fry it for uh, as they get older? But I admit that there are days when I get home from work and I'm just like, please just plop them in front of the TV for half an hour and let me have my time to kind of veg and unwind uh, from work as well. So in this episode, I'm I'm really excited to just talk about our experiences with it, um, be able to hear from you, uh, from our listeners, that of what they do to kind of manage screen time with their kids and uh, see if there's stuff that we will learn as our kids continue to get older and know how to navigate a very digital world. Yeah, I would say the two places that screen time is involved in our life uh, primarily. I'll, I'll mention the the one place where, where we were really trying to push uh, against it is like long, long car rides and uh, understanding there, there's this understanding. And I think there's this uh, idea that um, 
especially since we were younger, we didn't have phones, right? So we're waiting for a bus for 15 minutes. You stare at the ground for 15 minutes. <laughs> you go do something. You read, you read a book, you play, you talk to your friends or you talk to yourself, whatever. I think with the advent of all of these uh, digital technologies, we're sort of taking away the ability to allow your kids to be bored and just wander. And uh, between myself and my my wife, we wanted uh, during car rides, we want to be able to drive, obviously, but then also enjoy enjoy the scenery and sort of talk through and narrate the things that we see and really experience the car ride. Is it something like that we used to do just going on road trips and we were uh, resistant for a long time about introducing uh, a device. Uh, but I think especially for longer rides, like from like the, the Bay area to uh, Southern California, for instance, like there's, there's times where, well, we'll, we'll allow, um, you know, our, our son to, to watch some programming for, for a bit, not the entirety of the car ride, you know, hopefully, but a, a movie would be good. Uh, I would say the distance between me and you, uh, going from Sacramento to the Bay area, uh, Maybe sometimes we, we allow that it, it, it is a two hour ride. So it's, it gets a little boring, but what we don't want is to set the expectation that, uh, if you do go in the car, you get to be rewarded with screen time. Yeah. My, there was a time when me and my kids started watching TV as soon as he would get home from daycare. And then he, as soon as he would walk in the door, he says, can I watch TV now? And that's when my wife and I decided that like, okay, let's stop. TV as a pattern of as soon as he gets home and let's figure out some other things that he can look forward to and actually look, look to do. When we do go to restaurants, it is uh, something where I will give him a phone where he can uh, watch something or play with something on my phone while we're settling down and uh, looking at the menu and trying to figure out what to order. But he knows that as soon as the food comes, that I can take the phone away. And now he doesn't cry when I have to say that I have to take the phone away because he knows that there's a limit to it. Um, my kid has also gotten used to us saying that you now, you have five more minutes and then it's time to turn the TV off and go to take a bath. So we will turn on the timer um, and say, uh, uh, turn the timer on for five minutes. And then as soon as he starts hearing the alarm, he knows, he, to push the button on the TV and move on to whatever else we're looking for. So it's almost like we trained him in a way that TV has limitations. So he's more accepting of it because when he was younger, uh, he would start crying that we would take it away from him. Um, so we tried to work with him to set that it's okay to use these and, and to watch, but there's a limit. And when we say there's a limit, uh, stop arguing with us and stop crying, please. Uh, you can come back to it tomorrow. Like it'll, it'll be there. The whatever device will be charged up. Hopefully if we remember, obviously, and, and it'll be ready to go as, as the kids become older, at least the, you know, more logic, uh, sort of builds in their, their tiny brain. So hopefully they understand that all, all we're trying to do is to moderate the situation and not just to be like how we were when we were kids is watching like six hours straight of TV when we're on summer break. Cause that's not, uh, neither productive nor like good, like, good for us. Yeah. And I want my kid to grow up to know what it's like to just go play outside and go play in the forest, uh, go play hide and go seek uh, um, and not feel like, uh, you know, you can just use your TVs or devices as your source of uh, entertainment and to prevent boredom. 
that you can figure out to play stuff outside, uh, hang out with your friends and just, you know, get some fresh air and exercise as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit like, uh, and, and I'll, I'll flip this back onto us now as, as parents. And it's extremely difficult. I think, especially given all the things that parents and, you know, people that work full time think about is I, I am trying my best not to, uh, have the phone at the, at the dinner table, like when, when we're eating. So like, I think very similar, uh, to like our rule where we don't have toys on, on the dinner table. Like that's a pretty simple one. Uh, we try not to browse our phones as, as much as we can. It's, it's a really extremely hard habit because I think we also are falling victim to being addicted to these, you know, small Apple computers that are, uh, portable, but the, problem with us doing that or the I think the risk of us using our phones like while we're eating is like we're always modeling this behavior that like we're always split on our attention we may be feeding our kids but we also may be checking a score or watching something on the side or scrolling twitter or instagram or whatever and that reminds me of uh, there was a time when my wife and I we were in our dating phase and we went out to a nice restaurant uh and we looked over at the table next to us and we saw, you know, an older couple and they were in a nice restaurant and they were both just on their phones and not talking to each other. And we kind of like uh, talked to each other. And my wife and I talked and we said, you know, can we try not to be like that when we grow older, where we go to a, a day night or to go out somewhere? Let's actually just enjoy each other's company and enjoy uh, the food that we're eating and the environment that we're so I think that was, thankfully, that kind of played off into um, our kid as well, where during dinner or during certain phones are away and we can just really enjoy each other's company. I'll touch on the second uh, place where screen time typically occurs in, in our household is uh, there There are sometimes like during the day, uh, very limited where there's uh, programming. Sometimes I think when we might just need 15 minutes to finish a load of laundry or maybe I need to finish up a call or something. But typically our screen time happens like after, after dinner. So there's, I think similar to your trigger of oh, coming home from daycare, I get to watch TV. The idea is like, Oh, we could watch TV after dinner. So uh, unfortunately, sometimes my son tries to rush through dinner. Oh, I'm not hungry. I just want to watch TV. Uh, so we're, we're, we're trying to work on that. Uh, but the the amount of time also after dinner is limited because it's gated by bath time and then bedtime. So there's no more than an hour typically of of that of that time. So we're, we're sort of uh, internally time boxing that, uh, and especially if it's um, the idea of uh, I, I know with like the children's programming now something like I'll say Paw Patrol or Bluey, like it's an episode that's like twenty something minutes and they're split in half. So a lot of times my, like in my mind, we get to watch one and a half episodes, so to speak. So it's three different story segments. Um, I would love to hear what you guys are watching though. I, we're talking a lot, a lot about limits and what, uh, what we're trying to prevent our kids from doing, but it's also enjoyable. And, and that's part of the reason why our kids enjoy it and why we love enjoy. It. Um, I'd like to start it off with, uh, my son loves cars, one, two, and three, and he loves watching it over and over and over. I can't even count how many times he's probably seen each movie. Um, and I've watched uh, each one of the cars, one, two, and three with him quite a few times as well. 
And it's gotten to a point where like, I kind of saw the writing and the script is pretty cool about each one has a theme, each one has a story, each one has a hero and a villain. And if it wasn't uh, animated cars talking to each other, I could see the stories are actually could be pretty cool for adults to be watching. I would say not cars one, two and three for us. I would say cars one and three because ah. two is this two is a little uh out there for those of it's sort of like a a side quest for mater not uh, lightning mcqueen it's a little bit different i would err on the side of those type of programming like uh, cars is, is really good uh, especially given like the um the types of themes in in, in the show there's uh the the violence isn't really animated violence per se uh on, on the flip side, there's other stuff that's obviously on Disney Plus that we watch uh, that we prefer not to show show him. Like uh, we uh, watched started watching Mandalorian at one point, and that that's too much. Uh, just back to like the modeling. I think when when kids and this is this was the same thing with us, right? Like when we see someone fighting and someone doing like back when we were kids, like people doing like blood sport, that's, that's how we'll date ourselves a little bit, like blood sport or like Rambo or Rocky or any of those, like we'll, we'll try to go to school and <laughs> try to do that on our friends, you know? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm Rocky. You're Apollo. Let's uh... sweep the leg, go for the big punch. Yeah. I made the mistake uh, um, over the summer where I had this vision in my head that I was going to take my kid to the movie theater, have a big, um, thing of popcorn and have a big uh, drink with us and that we were going to enjoy a movie and it was going to be the first time he was going to see a big screen and all the big bass and the sounds coming from a a theater. And I took him to the um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie. I thought it was going to be okay for him to watch and then I made that huge mistake. So uh, that mistake on me, it was too much for him where the villain was uh, very goofy, but he had his dark moments. And when he had his dark moments, my kids felt it right away. And he started um, crying a bit and, and and wanting to not look at the screen. Um, also, the amount of colors and uh, the, the animation styles were very beautiful, but it was hard for him to grasp that it was a, a, a style and not uh, something that was meant to invoke uh, um, feelings of... Um, despair and lost so we ended up having to walk out of the theater because it was it was too much for him um so that's a mistake on my part but uh, it also reminded me that our kid is not always where we expect them to be and to adjust to them uh they're gonna tell us when something is too much for them and so yeah that was my bad yeah i just remember when we were working on disney plus we were talking about um like ratings and common sense media was a, a topic of conversation as a source to get get ratings uh, that are a little more uh descriptive right i think that's yeah descriptive and informative and i would say just as a whole like a lot of the pixar films are more thematically i think more appropriate uh, for us while there are i think kids that are younger that are Watching Marvel, Marvel movies, uh, they may be able to handle it, internalize it and know that they don't want to try to be Ant-Man or Iron Man, you know, when they when they go out. So that's the typical programming that that we we watch. Uh, I've been trying to get 
my son into various sports. So uh, basketball, I think, is probably the easiest one because it's like very back and forth. Uh, we try to watch baseball that didn't really like go go too far. Soccer we've watched uh, and only uh, that was only mildly successful because we we'd gone out and played played soccer. Uh, but, uh, I think any, even like, um, sporting events, like what, what I, what I've tried to do is like, uh, if I want, uh, to watch basketball with my son, I also try to go and take him out to go see basketball, whether it's like, uh, going to a, a, a NBA game or watching people and observing like folks playing in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love watching sports with my kid. Um, He's at the point now where he's asking me, who's the red team and who's the blue team? So I'll tell him that, oh, those are the Knicks or those are the Warriors or those that's the Miami Heat. And he'll start reading like numbers and letters that he sees on screen. Um, So one time uh, out of many times, the New York Giants have been losing a lot this year. um, And he was happy to tell me that. It said NYG 40. Oh, sorry. It said NYG zero. And PHI, which is Philadelphia Eagles, 40. So he likes to remind me that the Giants score is lower than the other score. Um, and it, unfortunately, he's getting used to that this season with the way the Giants are playing. But he also um, has a little mini basketball hoop and a, a baseball bat and a little basketball uh, in the living room. So now when he sees uh, people playing basketball, He'll start mimicking, um, running into the hoop and dunking, or he'll start throwing the ball. And sometimes it hits uh, nowhere near the basketball hoop, but I encourage him to keep trying and to play with it and to have fun. Uh, So hopefully he sees the enjoyment and fun out of it, of watching sports so that uh, as he grows older, uh, hopefully, you know, he gets into it and starts playing it. Speaking of, I, I just got an email yesterday that our, our town's little league is now accepting registrations. So uh, he's at the age where he's going to be able to play T-ball starting in March. And I was so happy to fill out the registration form for him. And they were also accepting uh, coaches registrations. So I signed myself up to be a coach. I went through probably like 20 different forms and rightfully so, like they want to make sure that whoever's uh, signing up to be a coach is all fair and goes through background checks and knows about different things that could be happening from a health standpoint uh, while coaching. But I'm so excited to uh, officially begin my journey as a coach dad and for my kid to be a, a little league t-ball uh, baseball player. And yeah, just don't be the the coach. Like, I mean, that's it's a meme now these days, like the coaches that just get in umps who are also volunteers, right? Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's just kids trying to have fun, even though, uh, later, like when uh, kids, uh, older kids get into competitive sports, they're still also trying to have fun. So we need to just, uh, even if we're coaches stay out of the, the politics and the, be, be on the sideline, you know, uh, from that point of view. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very difficult for me because uh, as people that know me, I have this dream of my kid growing up and being drafted by the New York Yankees uh, as, as a college graduate at 22, he becomes a New York Yankee and lives on to live a long, fruitful career as a New York Yankee, similar to Derek Jeter, but I will not hold it up to him. If, if, if that plan does not work out. Always, always good to have uh 
sports sports aspirations. I do not wish my son to be on the uh, the Oakland A's. <laughs> and oh, that's good. You're signing him up to uh, have bigger and better and more prosperous things in his life. He'll 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 be too short, uh, most likely. Maybe he could work on the data analytics side of the the Sacramento Kings, like something something like that. Something that will uh, you know help uh, pay for pay for all the all the expenses that we'll be incurring like in the in the subsequent years um one thing i always want to like uh, i've been waiting to to talk about like as soon as we had a, a forum to do so is like we did work on disney plus together and juan was the design lead on the kids mode portion i was a design lead on the the video player and uh, there was i think at the time obviously when we were designing the app it was a long time ago now let's see more over five years ago uh, we we didn't have kids, and I, I think we there's a lot of assumptions that we made, and I, I think unfortunately we weren't able to come back with greater knowledge to to fix that. And uh, one example is uh, like our our video player uh, for for a very long time didn't have a locking mechanism. So uh, once uh, a kid watches it and he drops the phone or he moves moves it around. Uh, we have to go back and help him find the place. Uh, hope he didn't take a bunch of pictures, send out some mean emails, you know, whatever <laughs> kids can do uh, on your phone. Um, one specific feature that I had worked on that I wish I had improved was uh, there's a feature on Disney Plus uh, that we'd call like uh, post play, which is just uh, flipping uh, movies or episodes to the next one in the sequence. And for episodes, we just had too long of a duration. So like, even if our episodes were, or in our case, like we love watching cars shorts, like they're great. Uh, it takes us manually having to hit the button to, uh, advance it to the next one because it goes through uh, a 20 second timer, uh, after all the credits. And during that 20 seconds, a 20 second with, uh, kids that are anxious to watch the next episode is a very long 20 seconds there. Why can't we watch the next episode? Like, Baba, Baba, come on, can you flip it? And uh, I think the episodic post-play should have been possibly like five seconds or something uh, limited to maybe only three advancements and then require parents to intervene. Right. And then we learn uh, later on in the process that autoplay is actually not something that should be good for kids because that means they're going to end up watching it and never want to leave. Uh, and also there are policies there around the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act to minimize uh, autoplay so that there are actual standard breaks that they get accustomed to in between pieces of content. Uh, I also learned that designing for uh kids and a, a, a kid's user experience, it's not all about just c making cartoony visual graphics. You actually have to be thinking about the way a kid's age range, even if they don't know how to read or they only recognize certain shapes, they will use your product entirely different than what you are, uh, what you assume designing for adults will be like. Another thing I also learned is that when you're designing a kid's product, you're not just designing for the kid, you're also designing for the parent. And the parent has a huge influence on uh, how the kids will use the product and, and how they want their kids to use the product. So designing for kids, it's about designing for kids, parents, and lawyers, because there are a lot of uh, policies and legalities uh, to ensure that there's... Um, 
and guidelines and safety around uh, kids consumption and also their data tracking and uh, uh, what kind of information uh, kids should be providing, which is all great. And I'm glad that we're at a place where we have more standards around this kind of thing, as opposed to making a free for all for kids uh, using digital products. Yeah. From a visual design point of view, a lot, a lot of things are more visual oriented, right? Because, and, and that's, that was our, uh, a good assumption to have because kids up, up to a certain age, toddlers especially don't, don't read. So they're uh, to recognize shapes or patterns and that, that sort of thing. So like a, a good app example is uh, the Khan Academy app. PBS Kids is another good like, kids app and they're mainly visual oriented to so a lot of like more graphical elements. Things are larger, which was another one of our assumptions. So it's easier for uh, kids to tap, but there, there isn't always just a ton of things on the screen. So it's very targeted towards uh, key actions that you, you want, you want to take. And if I remember correctly, I think it was one of either PBS or Khan Academy, that there's less text and I'm, I'm one that relies more on labeling. So it was harder for me as an adult to navigate. Yeah. I'm surprised by how quickly my kid learns how to navigate around an app, uh, with these, not even know how to read, um, but he understands uh, selecting a piece of content or he understands going back um, from where he was. Uh, I Maybe one day I'll explain to him the intricacies of designing a back stack interaction design, but he seems to get it now as a user. Davey, I'm curious uh, what uh, your, your style is like for using an iPad um, because coming back to our kids learning how to use apps uh, and picking it up. There's something about me trying to feel like I don't want my kid to get left behind when it comes to learning things and picking up things. Uh, and But so far, my wife and I have decided to not uh, give our kid an iPad. And uh, in a way, it's we just want him to uh, get used to using stuff in uh, drawing and, and sketching on on paper and with crayons. And eventually he'll be using an iPad when he's uh, going into uh, kindergarten uh, school. But curious what your thoughts are on uh, giving your kids their own devices uh, where they can actually start playing games or doing more interactive things. I mean, it's a, uh, we have one that is shared. I, I did put like a, a kid-proof case with it like on it with with the stand and handles and such so uh it doesn't just uh break break itself like immediately um because kids are terrifying but the there's there's limits in screen time involved with that and that 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 is a good reminder to like i haven't ever set up um like parental controls or anything like that in terms of time limiting but that i think that's something that i could we obviously use to our advantage uh, from like a moderation standpoint, uh, most of the stuff that he's watching is either uh, we want to finish the end of a movie, but we need to like move the routine along. I'll let you watch 10 minutes while you're winding down. Or we started introducing the those like uh, the Khan Academy PBS kids games, I think most recently uh, in the last uh, few months. And previously it was very hard to sort of work through like a story. I think that's something that's very difficult too, is to try to uh, captivate uh, a child's attention through the entirety of a story. Uh, So we're usually right there uh, trying to facilitate 
it. So I think that's that's one of the other things. Like while we're either watching uh, programming or uh, he's on his iPad, we try to facilitate and. I would say we try our best not to just be on our phones doing our thing while he's doing his thing. We try to narrate uh, the things that are going on. Like if there's a specific, like these games um, involve a lot of like a recognition of shapes and letters and and that sort of thing while they teach you how to uh, recognize letters and numbers. And we try to then interact and sort of narrate what's, what's going on. So I think that's uh, overall, that's just something that we've been trying to do, uh, since uh since he's been like super young is just narrating and trying to explain and then over the course of uh you know the last uh four years it's it's been better uh, in terms of like recognition of of things like it's it's helped speech it's it's helped all sorts of things Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes i feel hypocritical that i have to limit my kids thing and uh use of digital products and then I'm the one that's scrolling through my apps and my social media and my videos. Uh, and I'm the one that should be spending less time on it. Um, so hopefully uh, I take some cues of what I try to teach my kid and they can wa- see that I'm also um, looking to just play outside more or get outside more. Yeah, it's hard. It's the it's it's all about the trying our best to model, model the behavior, but it's like a continuous uh uh, it's it's a continuous, I, I think, uh, challenge to be as single threaded as possible. I know it's a, an impossible thing for parents like, to be single threaded, but maybe we could be one and a half threaded. Like we don't need to be multitasking all the time. Yeah. And you ever get to a point where your kid uh, models a word that he hears on TV from something you're watching and they end up just saying that word over and over and over. And then my wife ends up asking me, did he learn this word from you? Uh, so those are, that's another dad, um, dad mistake that I make is that he's seen some, uh, where I was watching some movies and shows for myself and he ended up hearing some words that, uh, they love to keep saying. And now my kid, uh, went through a phase where he would say that for a couple of days and, we just try our best to ignore it and hopefully it goes away. And so far that's worked, but hopefully uh, it doesn't get to a point where he's that word sticks and he starts saying it more and more. We're hitting over uh, 30 minutes. Uh, this was uh, another good conversation with you. Thank you so much uh, for your time, Juan. Thank you, Davey. Yeah, this was fun. And I look forward to the next one.